Well, I want to thank the Packwood Locker, uh, soon to be Griner Meats and Grocery of Richland, Iowa, for their uh, help with this program, and a brand new sponsor, Wester Drugs of Wilton and Muscatine. They've come on board to help us out, as well as Wayland State Bank, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, McDonald's Boneyard of Kyoto, Iowa, R&B Breaks of Dubuque, B&B Propane, Elsie's Kitchen.net of Copic. Thanks for, I will thank these sponsors and enjoy the program. This is Representative Helena Hayes representing the Iowa House District 88 in Mahaska, Jefferson, and Keokuk County. I want to thank all the student athletes on an outstanding season and congratulations to Oskaloosa, Kyoto, North Mahaska, Pekin, and Sigourney High Schools on making the playoffs. Congratulations. Well, we are talking the Sickle Conference with a couple guys that call the conference as well as I do. Uh, we've got Andy McGuire, who covers the Kyoto Eagles, and we've got Coach Islick, who covers the Sigourney Savages. Welcome to the program, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that the, this conference is probably maybe not the most uncovered, but it, it's got to be among them. Oh. But there's a lot of great action. It's it's a great conference, uh, and I thought we just we just spent a little time talking about the the teams here. Uh, so, uh, what do you want to start out with? What team? Mitch, you want to go ahead? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll start out with HLV. I got there. Uh, uh, there's a uh, Andy and I got to see uh, Max Hinsdorf throw a no hitter uh, against it. They got Boston York and a. a this uh, Briar Jack, uh, uh, what do you guys think of HLB? Yeah, you know, they, they had a tough opening round of having to play Gladbrook Reinbeck, uh, who's, you know, just feels like they're, you know, hanging around the end of every tournament, no matter what sport it is, basketball, you know, uh, soccer. I know they had a really good year. Uh, and so that's a tough first round. So, you know, they lost, four, they lost that game 4-3 um, game that, you know, they – uh, you know, they easily could have won. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're looking at, I think that that's district number seven or eight, uh, substate number four. Um, you know, really the, there's just two, uh, South, South Iowa Cedar league teams left in that one. Uh, BGM's got their hands full of Don Bosco, uh, another perennial power, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and then, uh, same for, um, Bell Plain, they got to go up to Elizabeth, who's 22 and four. So uh, it'll be tough uh, for the sickle to, to make it through uh, anything in, in that uh, district. The HLV was in New HLV lost uh, in round one, uh, as well as uh, EV lost uh, to Don Bosco. But you know, overall, really, I thought that the, the South Iowa Cedar League had a really good opening night uh, of the tournament. Um, you know, a couple wins against teams from other conferences. You know, uh, you know, Andy will talk a little bit about Kyoto's win over uh, Pekin. Sigourney was able to uh, survive against Danville. Uh, and uh, a few other teams uh, won some games against. There's a lot of, actually, I think one of the only games where, uh, well, uh, North Mahaska beat Twin Cedars, I think 2-1. Um, so, really, there weren't many sickle-on-sickle -sickle matchups. You know, BGM beat Iowa Valley. Uh, but otherwise, a lot of uh, uh, games uh, with you know, teams from teams in other leagues, and uh, I think that uh, the the conference fared pretty well in the opening night of the tournament. Oh, Andy, you got anything to say about HLV? Because I'm going to move on to Bell Play next. Yeah, I just go back to what you mentioned about the the few guys that you mentioned on the roster. Max Hensdorf, Max Hensdorf, you know, has been a quality pitcher all year. You know, getting this late in the season, the way that these uh, playoff games roll out, these district games. 
you know, he'll he'll be up on the mound pretty much every every night that he has the chance. And they have a lot of young talent on that team. You mentioned uh, Briar Jack, who I was really impressed with as an eighth grader. It kind of reminded me of some of those kids on the Sigourney roster. Just a really great athlete to get an opportunity to play at the varsity level. So it's a dangerous team, but I agree with Coach Athlick. It's going to be a tough road to hoe with some of that competition uh, that he noted. But, uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, let's move on to Bell Plain. Uh, there's a a couple of parrots here, uh, Rhett Parrot and uh, Keaton Parrot on that team. Also, remember Ty Alcott having a pretty good game against Kyoto. Uh, uh, let's start with you, Andy. Uh, uh, your thoughts on Bell Plain? Yeah, Bell Plain's a really quality team. Um, really hot bats. The last time Kyoto faced them, I think it was the second to last game that Kyoto faced Bell Plain on senior night. And it was all that uh, Kyoto wanted to handle as far as the bats go. Played them tough, but you're right, you know, talking about the parrot, the parrots and Ty Alcott. And uh, they got a nice catcher out there, too, at Bell Plain. So, you know, it's, it's a quality team. They played everybody tough. I think they had Linville solely at maybe a 5-4 game. I don't have the, the scores in front of me from the season, but I know that they played Linville solely really tough. And anybody that plays Linville solely tough is a quality club. That was Jack Swain, Swin, the catcher yeah. you're talking about there. Yep, big strong guy. Yeah, Jack. All right, Swain. Coach Islick, what were your thoughts on the Bell playing? Yeah, you know, I saw them play really early in the year. I think it was it might have been the first conference game of the year, and uh, the uh, the older pair. I think that's Keaton uh, pitched, and uh, um, it was it was one of the the more crisply played. Uh, games that I covered for baseball all year. Um, it was, you know, just a couple plays here and there. And, uh, um, yeah, I was impressed with what they have. You know, they have a really small group of boy athletes right now, just, you know, talking to some of their coaches, just not a lot of boys in in, in the grades that are in high school right now. But the ones that they have are good. Um, and uh, um, they uh, – uh, you know, like I said, you know, Lisbon 22 and four, you know, they're probably a fairly good size underdog uh, in that game. But in baseball, I mean, anything can happen. And uh, uh, we saw that on Saturday night in the Sigourney game, uh, you know, a two and 16 team was, you know, three outs away from beating, you know, a team that, you know, won 20 games. So it, it's, it's, you know, anything can happen. And I don't know who Bell Plain had to use pitching wise to get to that point. That's the other thing when you get to the tournament. How many, you know, how many pitches does your number one have? How many pitches does number two have? Et cetera, et cetera. What do you have to use to get there? And that that's kind of always one of the, the variables that with baseball you don't really know as opposed to softball. So we'll see what what Bell Plains got left. But yeah, I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna give it everything they got, and uh, uh, would love to see them pull off the upset tomorrow night. Well, let's talk uh, a little uh, North uh, Mahaska, uh, and you got to start out by talking about Nash Smith. Uh, let's go back to you, Coach Islick. Uh, I don't know uh, uh, whether you guys were able to hold Nash Smith down, but uh, uh, I can verify that Kyoto was not. Uh, we were not able to in basketball. I can tell you that much right now. Oh, yeah, he, he killed us in basketball, too. I still wake too. up in a cold, cold sweat every once in a while thinking about him dunking on us. But, uh, uh, yeah, really good athlete. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I did not see the North Mahaska game. I, we had softball that night. Um, so I did not see the night that we played them, uh, but um, you know, Twin Cedars, you know, baseball, softball is kind of their thing over there in Bussy, and uh, so to beat them in the first round of the tournament, yeah, that's a nice win. Uh, but they're gonna they're gonna have again they're gonna have their hands full with 
uh, with Moravia. Uh, that's a team that we saw in Sigourney last year um, in the tournament in this round, uh, and uh, I was really impressed. They had a lot of they had a lot of talent. Uh, I think they got 22 wins on the year, and uh, I think they got to go to Moravia and play that game. So uh, North Mass has got their hands full there. Uh, but, you know, they played Linville fairly close. You know, you talked a little bit about how good of a team that is. Obviously, we, we haven't gotten to them yet, but they, they're they the best team I've seen all year, uh, without a doubt, Linville Sully is. And I know North Mass played them to a 3-2 game uh, earlier in the year. That was right before we played Linville Sully. So uh, they're obviously capable, and they, they've got talent, and Coach Kellerman does a really nice job over there uh, with, with the kids. And uh, um, I think that uh, them and Moravia is a game I, I'm really interested to see who, who wins that one tomorrow night. Well, uh, Andy, you got to see uh, Nash Smith hit two home runs and, and pitch a uh, – might have been a complete game against him. Uh, uh, the bat speed, the, the big long frame, uh, the way he can extend his arms out. Uh, uh, how impressed are you with Nash Smith? Um, I'm probably more impressed with Nash Smith on the baseball field this year than I was with him in, at the bat on the basketball court. And that's a lot – saying a lot. That is saying a lot. <laughs> Especially getting back to, you know, what Coach Eslick's talking about. He is a phenomenal basketball player. But this year, watching him compared to last year, the growth that he exhibited, knocking those two home runs over the right field fence against Kyoto and also pitching that night, he had an abundance of, of confidence that night. And uh, if he can carry that forward, they've got a shot against Moravia. It might be slim. You know, Moravia is, a, what, I think 22-7. and seven. So, again, a 20-plus win uh, club. So they'll have their, their hands full with that group. But uh, Coach Essex's right. Coach Kellerman does a great job up there. Those boys will be ready to play. And, and they've got some other athletes on that team for North Mahaska that can play too. So I wouldn't rule them out, but it's going to be a tough game. There was an Alderson. Uh, uh, Coach uh, Kellerman's son is a pretty good player. But I very much remember this kid named Noni, Noni Cohaven, who uh, – Seemed like he had a strong arm, too. You're right. Jack Nunnikoven. I've uh, gotten some of my friends over in the New Sharon area to help me out with that pronunciation. <laughs> and, uh, he, yeah, he's a good ball player, too. Yeah, there was some, there was some good ones. Uh, Coach uh, Islick, um, this is a little bit outside of the uh, uh, Sickle Conference, but did you uh, did you see the game where Sigourney played uh, Pella Christian? I did not. We I we were still I, I was still coaching track um, at that point. We had a couple yeah. girls that went to state uh, for track, and we were we were getting ready for uh, to head to Des Moines for state track. And uh, I missed that one. I did not see the Pella Christian game, but I know that you know they were like I said, Limbo is the best team I saw all year. But I haven't seen everybody, and Pella Christian is one of the ones I have, I did not see. Yeah, they. So, I just mentioned them because they had a left fielder that stood with his back to the fence. And threw a bullet to right to the catcher that didn't arc or nothing, went straight in there. I thought his name was Nunny something too, uh, but he had kind of a, a different name. But uh, well, we'll move back to the Iowa Valley uh, Tigers. Uh, uh, we played you. Uh, uh, we played them a couple times. I think uh, I don't know. Did you get a chance to see them, Coach? I did. Yes, I did get a chance to to see them uh, in the first game they played um, at our place. Um, they, that the the hack kid, another you know, yeah, this Caleb Hack, the same same mold as or that. Hawk, I think, is actually his name. Hawk, yeah, Hawk, yeah, Hack, Hawk. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, he didn't pitch the night that we played them, but um, uh, he uh, he was one kid that really stands out, just you know, size wise and uh, um, uh, and, and ability wise. He, he's just a pretty good all around athlete. But um, but yeah, they uh, um, and I know they were very competitive all year long, and they uh, PGM got them in the first round. Uh, four to one, I think, was the final, but it looked like a pretty, pretty good game uh, on Saturday. I think they got that one in Saturday as well. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a, what it, what it, oh, okay. So yeah, we we got to see uh, Hauk pitch a little bit uh, as he pitched the last couple innings of that game, didn't he, Andy? What's that? I'm sorry, Caleb, Caleb Hauk or Hawk? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he came in relief. When uh, Iowa Valley was at uh, at Kyoto, and then I was able to travel up to uh, Marengo and watched their eighth grader pitch against uh, Kyoto Eagles, and uh, did a phenomenal job, and actually held the Eagles scoreless that night. So uh, getting back to kind of what we're talking about with HLV, there's a lot of really good uh, talent there coming up through the ranks. I think for Iowa Valley, especially in that Nolan Kriegel kid. You know, it was in the eighth grade that uh, pitched the dynamite game against the Eagles. All right. Well, I want to mention yeah, I, Bo Long. I think, I think just to, to piggyback on Andy's, I think they have probably the most complete going to be freshman class in our league coming in, just all sports. That's that's a really good group that they have at Iowa Valley and kind of saw the first taste of it in baseball now that they were eligible to play varsity sports. So uh, I think they've got, they've got some, some success in front of them in multiple sports with that group if those kids can stay together and, and stay healthy. Now, wasn't that Nolan Kriegel, their shortstop? Wasn't he an eighth grader, too? Um, I'm not sure that Nolan played shortstop. He could, Dave. I don't. Uh, well, that's what it, they had him listed down. I'm looking at the roster that we had that night. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think he was the one that they kind of plug in where they need to. Bo Long, uh, another great player. Uh, Mason Hoyt, also a pretty good player for them. Well, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Uh what team are we going to next here? You guys pick one out. I'm kind of thumbing through my. Oh, how about. I don't know. Highland's not in there. Uh, covered so many damn games. I'm just looking through my rosters here. Uh, who else would have been a good matchup in the uh, sickle there? Well, Iowa Valley lost to BGM in the uh, first round there. Okay. So, BGM. Oh, let's talk about BGM. I, uh, we saw them play. Uh, Nothing's really coming to my mind uh, about them. Do you guys have anything to say about BGM? I might just throw out that BGM, you know, the record's 10 and 12. They're taking on Don Bosco at 26 and 5. And I have not seen Don Bosco play. I might turn that over to Coach Ashley because I know Sigourney played Don Bosco. Sigourney played Don Bosco and, and put a thumping on him. Uh, yeah, let's that, talk that, about that. Uh, I don't know if you saw that game or not. Yeah, that's that game was that they played that one at Mount Mercy um, on a weeknight. I did not make the trip up to Cedar Rapids for that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're just a perennial power, um, a team that you know uh, is always you know right there at the end, sub-state final, state tournament. Um, so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a difficult one uh, for Iowa Valley. I saw that. I did see Don Bosco last year um, play. Uh, yeah, I was there against, for that game too. Yeah, against oh. and they were they were very impressive that night. I think that night they threw uh, two years ago. They threw their number one. I, I don't think that they did uh, when we played them uh, this year. So that makes 
that makes a difference for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the, uh, the Burns kid, another, you know, kind of, we've, you know, Andy has touched on a few of the young, talented kids in our league and he's one of them, uh, coaches, football coaches, son, uh, who's gonna, gonna be a good one. And, uh, in multiple sports for them. Uh, and, uh, um, they, uh, you know, they, like, like I said, they're going to have their hands full, uh, trying to, trying to be the Don Bosco team, uh, that, uh, is probably one of the favorites, uh, to come out of that state district. Okay. Uh, what's another team there in the sickle that we haven't talked about yet? But I also want to talk about teams that are still alive to, to get to the state tournament. I think that um, Linville Sully might be, you know, Linville Sully, Kyoto, and Sigourney might be the only ones that we haven't touched on. I'm trying to think we who else we would have I mean, I, I know uh, Montezuma, do you guys play Montezuma? Uh, uh, I think Kyoto played them on the road, I believe. Yeah, that's correct, Dave. We played them on the road and actually had them on the road. And that was one of the games that I thought the Eagles really didn't show up to play. And uh, Montezuma is a really young club this year. And uh, to be frank, has, has struggled in some games, but in other games have played it tough. And I think that's kind of the way that the middle of that pack on the east side of the Sickle Conference went when you got past, you know, uh, Sigourney and, and uh, well, I guess Sickle just in general, once you get past Linville, Philly, and, and Sigourney, everybody else was just kind of a mashup there. Um, but, uh, you know, an up and coming club, I think. Yeah. They, they lost to GMG in the first round eight, three. And, uh, um, and yeah, I mean, you, you know, you got the sickle standings over here. There is just such a log GM right in the middle. You had EV, unfortunately didn't win a game. Uh, they were on 14, but I mean, every, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that won either five, six, or seven games in the league. So, yeah, and, you know, I mean, Andy put it perfectly. It was just really congested. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to pitching, who you got, who you're going to throw, X, Y, and Z game. And, uh, you know, really anybody could beat anybody uh, in, in the league. Uh, I mean, I, I, let, let me rephrase that. No one could beat Limbo Sully, but uh, otherwise uh, anybody else could kind of beat anybody on a given night. Yeah, so. it did seem like. Now, we, we saw uh, Evie play a pretty good game uh, as uh, uh, took a complete game from Aiden Anderson and a nice hit from Aiden Anderson. Otherwise, uh, uh, we wouldn't have got that 2-0 two, two win there. But they seemed a little young. But it did look like to me that they may have a pretty good future. What do you think, uh, Andy? Yeah, I think so. I think if they can put the pieces together and just get some continuity going, I think that would help. I know there's been some grumblings of um, trying to get consistent with maybe a sharing arrangement, maybe with Tri-County. If Tri-County and uh, EV can come together and really, you know, capitalize on that partnership, I think that that would be a good matchup to get more competitive. Um, at least on the baseball field. I know that there's a, a Moore kid from Tri-County that plays over. He's a great athlete. He's got a, bro, uh, a cousin that plays on the Williamsburg roster. So that's some pretty good pedigree there for playing good baseball. Um, they've they've had some good ball players come up through in the past. EV's known as a track school, so they should have the athletes. So, you know, I, I think that there's an opportunity there. And I hope that they can put it together and pull themselves up and and get in the mix, you know, in a civil conference because it was a lot of fun to watch night in and night out. Well, let's go over to Linville Sully and talk a little bit about them. Now, I, I didn't see him. Andy saw him. Did you see him there, Coach? I did. Uh, best team in the league. Uh, I mean, just really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And they, 
you know, they really, you know, took it, took it to us. Um, in the night that we played them, uh, it was at our place and, uh, you know, just you know, very impressed. It was, it was the, you know, for them, it really starts with the down harder kid, uh, quarter down harder up at the top of the lineup, their catcher, uh, leadoff hitter, uh, gets it going for them. And then the, uh, there's two Mastins, uh, the older one, Connor, I think he's going to DMAC to play baseball. Um, but he, I mean, he is an av- I mean, watching him run track, watching him on the basketball court, watching him on the football field. I mean, just, you know, a, a star in, in every sport. And, you know, baseball is no difference. He threw the night that we played him and was very impressive. We, he was a little wild in the first inning or two. And then once he settled in, we missed a couple chances. I think we had the bases loaded uh, in both the first two innings and didn't get anything. And after that, it was, it was very little traffic on the bases. Uh, he was really good. And, and, you know, the one thing that really stood out to me from them was how aggressive they were on the bases. Um, they did a really good job of, uh, um, of getting on. Uh, and then once they were on, they weren't staying, they weren't hanging around for long at bases. They were, they were pushing the tempo. They were forcing you to make plays. And, and that's pretty difficult to, uh, to, to have to, to deal with. So, you know, just kind of looking at their, you know, bracket, uh, Coon Rapids Baird sitting on the bottom half of it. They're 25 and four. Uh, that's probably the team that, that they'll see uh, in the district final if they get there. They've got Southeast Warren uh, tomorrow night. Um, but uh, uh, that's a team that can make it to Carroll and then can do some damage there from what I saw. Well, we got to see a little Southeast Warren. Uh, uh, they're a pretty decent ball team. Uh, uh, what do you know about – got to drive up to Linville, Sully, Andy. Uh, uh, and it was uh, – uh, I'm told they got a pitcher. I think it's one of the Mastins that throws like 94 miles an hour. Yeah, I did. I took the trip up to Linville, Sully, and uh, we did not uh, get to watch either one of the Mastins pitch that night. Um, and I can't recall who it was, but I think it was their number three. And uh, <laughs> the Kennedy Eagles were actually able to put some bats on some balls there. And actually held a quarter down harder, uh, I think, without a hit that night. So I think that's where, you know, the, the feel-good story ends for the Eagles because they did exactly what uh, Mitch is talking about. They put pressure on the bases. They played what I consider pretty much flawless baseball. They uh, just don't make mistakes. And they have an unbelievable on-base percentage, top to bottom. And uh, they're so well coached. I mean, it's just... They have so many things going for them. I would love to see a team that could compete with them. You know, I might have to go to, you know, go to Carroll to watch that just to see somebody that's going to play against that team because that, that community has such a following and such a confidence about them. You know, it's really enviable, I think, for a lot of different communities to see how they do their thing there and, uh, and play baseball. It, it's good baseball to watch. You know, except for when you're playing because it just stings. Well, uh, let's switch over. We're going to talk about the Kyoto Eagles and then the Sigourney Savages. Uh, um, Andy, uh, we've seen the Kyoto Eagles play really well. We've seen their defense play stellar. We've seen the outfield in games run down every ball, make every throw, uh, get key hits. And then we've seen games where they played kind of sloppily and kind of beat themselves. Uh they seem to be a team that would uh, uh, kind of win a few and then lose a few. It's just like that all year long. But they, they have quite a bit of ability. Uh, uh, who would you like to, to uh, highlight is going to have to play well so they can keep advancing? 
Well, I think it starts on the bump. You know, Aiden Anderson has to come out with command. And I have no reason to think that he wouldn't on, uh, on you know, Wednesday night, tomorrow night. Um, if he's if he's able to pitch against this Hillcrest Academy group that, that bats really well, if he can keep them guessing, I think the Eagles do have a chance. But it's going to take pretty much flawless night uh, on the diamond from, you know, the infielders and from the outfielders to make this thing go. Um, if the Kyoto Eagles can play to their strength, play defense, you know, keep them guessing on the pitches, keep the score low, you know, they might have a shot at it. They're going to have to continue with hot bats the way they did get peaking at the first round. Um, it was good to see the bats come alive for the Eagles because the last batch of games, they were really, really cold. And uh, you're right, as far as the Eagles go, we, I, I've seen stellar games that they've played. My mind always goes back to that Colfax Mingo game where two hit Tanner Waterhouse pitched a complete game, no hitter on 64 pitches. And uh, it wasn't, you know, just because uh, he was throwing dynamite, which he does, you know, but it was that defense. It was Caleb Waterhouse at second base, and it was uh, Cole Kinder at shortstop, shortstop for making plays to get the ball over and, and to record the outs. So I think that that's paramount uh, tomorrow night when they play Hillcrest. It was, like I said, a phenomenal baseball club. I uh, did not stick around to watch them play Lone Tree, but I did listen to it on the ride back to Kyoto. And uh, I got to tell you, that's the most home runs I've heard out of a high school baseball game in a long time. Yeah, four. Leadoff hitter Liam Schrock, I think, went back to back to back, and then one grand slam. And in the midst of that, Grant Bender hit a three run homer. And I think by the time we got into the fourth inning, the game was pretty much over. Yeah, well, uh, when your when your uh, slash line includes uh, three home runs, a grand slam, and seven RBIs, uh, I think you had a pretty nice night. Uh, <laughs> well, one that yeah, they'll yeah. they'll remember for a while. But uh, I've seen Lone Tree play; they don't have nothing, and their pitchers just lob the ball right down the middle. Uh, it'll be a different different game. Yeah, uh, I want to go. You know, two hit Tanner uh, had a great season. Uh, 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 Caleb Waterhouse was so steady all season long. Cole Kinder, what Cole Kinder did was, you know, when we needed to pitch, he pitched. We needed to play third base, play third base. We needed to play shortstop, play shortstop. And he did a phenomenal job at first base when Aiden Anderson was pitching. Uh, he was pretty good. Evan Vivito, when he hits the ball, uh, now he almost hit a home run in uh, against Pekin, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think it was his second at bat. He took one off of the left field fence, which is the toughest place to hit it on that on that ball field, um, right field's probably the shortest distance I've seen at the high school level. I think they're at 260 in right field, and they double up the fence to make it a little more difficult, which is where I think that Shrock kid went on all three of his homers. I think he's a lefty and pulled it. But uh, Evan Vinito, big, strong kid, as we know from the basketball court and from the football field, you know, barreled one up and actually, yeah, hit it off of the fence. So I thought it was gone as soon as I left the bat, but uh, didn't quite get there. Well, Aiden McGuire did a pretty steady job uh, behind the plate, barreled up a lot of balls, found a lot of leather. Uh, Dalton Dodd did a lot of good things, got on base in a lot of different ways, was able to bunt. And uh, bad Billy Kindred uh, uh, came up with some uh, timely hits for us, especially late in the season. Do you have any uh, comments on the Kyoto Eagles there, Coach Isla? Yeah, I got to see them um, uh, in the second game, the game at Sigourney, and I was impressed. Uh, I mean, it's it's a good team, and, uh, you know, I think just 
it's, it's those same name, you know, those names that you that you rattle that you rattled off, you know, that have been there in basketball, that have been there, and, and that's what takes these small schools. And it's just great to see that that group of kids has such a good buy-in for you know all this for for you know from you know football, you know, at Sigourney Kyoto in the fall through basketball and through the summer. And you know, we're you know, and we'll we'll get to Sigourney here in a little bit, but you know those, you know, Sigourney and Kyoto kids, you know, I see them in the weight room working their tails off three days a week, uh, you know, getting ready for football in the fall. And it's a busy summer and, and asking those kids to, and then, you know, I see them at the Lone Tree League playing basketball on Sundays in June. And, and so it's a, it's such a busy time of year for these kids. And, and it's all these same kids and they're, you know, they're still finding time to have success, you know, on the baseball field. And, and had a really good year, um, and and you know to you know to still be alive and have a chance. And you know Hillcrest. I mean, I think that you know just from what I've seen from the North Division. I mean Hillcrest is very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm, this is by no you know means a you know shot at them. But I think that you know it'll be a little it'll be a little tougher competition uh, playing against a team like Kyoto um, because that that North side of the Super Conference doesn't have a ton of really strong baseball teams this year. The South side does, um, you know, Notre Dame and, uh, you know, New London. And, you know, there's some, some better teams down there. Van Buren's very good. Um, but uh, that North division, you know, uh, some of the teams, you know, struggle a little bit this year, you know, for whatever reason. And I think that uh, it'll be a little more of a test uh, for Hillcrest uh, with Kyoto uh, on Wednesday night. And, you know, hopefully they can, they can find, it would definitely be an upset if Kyoto would win that game, but, uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility. But it certainly was in the realm of possibility. Well, Coach Islick, I'll stick with you uh, as you're the voice of the Sigourney Savages. Uh, outstanding year, just one loss in the uh, Sickle, and uh, uh, all your losses seem to be to do a pretty high-quality 2A and 3A teams, it seems like. Yeah, very good year. Uh, an excellent year. Um, you know, just kind of found ways to win games and uh, uh, all year long, and uh, um you know the the game on, um, you know the game on Saturday night against uh, Danville was one of the weirder games I have ever seen. I mean any sport, um, but certainly baseball. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it came at a cost. Uh, you know, Cole McKay is is done for the year and oh, so uh, gonna gonna be out for a while. Could you give uh, us a little game. injury update as to what I I know that uh, 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 they had to hold up the game so uh, an ambulance could come out and get him or something. Yeah, the, you know Cole's injury was was very serious. Probably wasn't as serious as the Danville kid who took the the pitch to the temple. Uh, had some uh, some issues seen. I didn't know where he was. Um, I have not. I hate to say this, but I have not heard anything on him. I would say no news is hopefully good news in that scenario uh, for him. Uh, but that was a very scary situation. Uh, Cole uh, was a leg injury that is gonna gonna cost him a lot of time i don't know when he'll be back playing sports um but it definitely won't be uh tomorrow night uh he'll you know he'll be done for the season so so that hurts a little bit um but uh but you know as far as um just the season in general um you know Sigourney lost a lot of pieces last year um you know graduated a lot of seniors um graduated a lot of pitching um you know picking up the Caden clarahan was huge uh, i mean that you know he's been you know, their best player all year, bar none, um, and, you know, pitching and uh, hitting. And the good news about that Danville game is they were able to get through that one without using him to pitch. So he'll have his full 
uh, array of pitches to use um, against Regina on uh, on Wednesday night. But that's going to be a really tough game. You know, we got to a little peek at Regina before our game on Saturday. A really really well schooled team, uh, a team that plays against you know really good competition all year long. That conference that they're in is uh, is very good. Um, so so they'll. They'll they'll certainly be you know that's not your typical three seed in a district uh, you know their record uh, is quite deceiving just because of the competition that they played I think that uh, I was told today that they've only played two one A teams all year uh, and that was after playing their first tournament game so they only played one one A team all season uh, all regular season and uh, and just that that competition all year. Uh, getting to play that uh, is an advantage. So uh, it's going to be a tough game for Sigourney, but, you know, they got their ace on the mound. Uh, and uh, and I think that, you know, kind of some of those times in the tournament when you survive a game you maybe shouldn't have won, uh, you kind of get that, that new lease on life and you play a little looser. And I think that Sigourney will, will have that going for them uh, against Regina. Well, uh, uh, Danville was not the only uh, uh, team with a poor record that reached up and tried to bite somebody uh, uh the game I called was uh, Wilton and uh, uh, Tipton, and Tipton hadn't won very many games, three or four or something like that, but uh, the same as Danville. Danville went out there and scored a couple runs in the first inning. Uh, Tipton went out there. They scored a couple runs in the first inning, and they walked back out on the field like they were standing on ladders. They were just taller and and more psyched up, and, uh, uh, you know, once you get, to, get some runs on the board, you get some momentum going, uh, uh, all these batters have you know, seen 80-plus uh, uh, bats this year. They fielded a lot of balls. The pitchers uh, uh, had a whole season, you know, 30, 40 innings to try and dial their stuff in. Uh, everybody's in the playoffs comes ready to play. Well, uh, Andy, uh, you and I got to call uh, the, the game in Kyoto, which was very close. Uh, uh, in fact, I think it was the sixth inning with two outs when Reed Molinex uh, broke a 2-2 tie with the big home run to left field. Um, uh, what, are, what are your impressions of the Sigourney Savages? Yeah, a really great baseball club, top to bottom. A lot of kids who have played a ton of baseball. You know, you look at that roster, and, and uh, my, my, my sons have played uh, travel ball, and they've played with a lot of Sigourney kids, and have played with Caden Clarahan. And, you know, th- that, that's not just a group that comes together in the in the winter months to pitch and and then in the springtime play a little baseball those guys are playing baseball almost year round some of those guys are and that's a quality baseball team that knows how to get things done so um i'm really looking for big things from those guys i am a little bit concerned about this uh, regina club the uh, 14 and 18 record out of regina i wouldn't even look at that that kind of reminds me of a little game in the second round last year where a 20 and three Kyoto Eagles team was playing a, a team by the name of Burlington Notre Dame at home who had a losing record similar to that. I think they might've even been 14 and 18 or so, whatever it was. It was, a, a it was something like that. Just a little bit under 500. Yeah. Right. And, uh, Kyoto Eagles learned real quick that, uh, you can't look at the record and expect uh, anything off of that. So I think, uh, Sigourney better take this one serious and, the way that that uh, Danville game went, I have no reason to think that they uh, they wouldn't take this one serious because that was an absolute heart attack in the making, and uh, and they should feel lucky to get out of that one alive, and I know that they do, but uh, I don't think that they played uh, their best game that night. And like Coach Essex said, that was one of the 
strangest things that I've seen. I wasn't in there in person, obviously. I watched it on, on Thunder Country and listened to Coach Ashley call that game. And uh, I was just scratching my head because I didn't jump on until about halfway through, I think, the third inning and thought, what in the world's going on here? And then I got the the update on uh, the day after from some of the coaches and some of the parents. So interesting ball game to watch tomorrow night. I'll be paying attention to that one for sure. Um, but there are great pieces there. Cole McKay out. That that does sting. He, he, he played last year. Has played a lot of baseball. He really knows baseball. Great player there. Uh, I think uh, Cole, uh, Chase Clarahan, Lou came in and played for him as an eighth grader, but Chase is a phenomenal baseball player. The, the Clarahan lineage in baseball, you know there's not going to be a ton of drop-off there. And uh, I know he's he's seen his fair share of varsity uh, minutes uh, this year. So that, that's a good thing for, Keo, or for Sigourney to have uh, that depth. And then I think Lincoln Powers got in a little bit too with Isaac Bruns. Do we know where Isaac's at, Coach Esley? Yeah, Isaac should be good to go tomorrow night. I uh, um, Hopefully Coach Cropper's not listening to this uh, before the game, but he was playing the three-on-three basketball tournament today, so I think he's healthy. Um, so, uh, he, but he made it through without any without a turn day or anything. He's good. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, he, he is healthy. I asked him how the elbow is feeling. He said good. So that was that was a false alarm. We were a little concerned about him too, but he's uh, he's going to be uh, going to be in there in center field uh, tomorrow night. Which you know, defensively, he's he's a key piece in that outfield, and uh, they'll definitely need him, and uh, he should be should be ready to go. Well, I won't co- I won't tag uh, Coach Crawford into this. Yeah, episode, yeah. Right? Let's let's make sure he doesn't listen we'll to this see, until see what we could do. But uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how many people were. Uh, uh, watching you on Thunder Country there uh, with the Danville game, but it was several, and they were from all over the state as I was uh, texting the uh, other coaches and telling them, hey, this is what's going on. They're like, I know, I'm watching. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, because when it was about 10, 15 at night on a Saturday night, I kind of thought maybe there was no one listening, so I hopefully I didn't say anything to get myself in too much trouble uh, because it had been a long night at the Diamond uh, that, on Saturday, and yeah, it was not looking good for us for a while there, but it was. It was It was, it was. was one of those games where you wake up the next morning and you're just like, man, did some of that stuff you know, actually happen last night? You know, it was just such a weird game and we just you know i mean Sigourney just really did not play very well you know i mean just a lot of characteristic mistakes and uh, uh but but you know you, you you got through it you made it through you won that's all that matters and uh and uh, i think that they'll 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 play a lot better against regina tomorrow and they'll have to because if they play like they did um uh on saturday night they're not going to beat a regina team but that, that's not i i expect them to to play much better you know i think Andy and I and you, Dave, have all seen Sigourney play a lot better baseball than they did on Saturday, and uh, and, and I think we all anticipate that they'll play a lot better uh, against Regina. Well, I had a lot of confidence uh, in Sigourney, and uh, I got my rally cap on. I texted you there, and I, and I appreciate yeah, that crucial. The, that the, the, the nice plug. And then Jake Moore stepped up there, and he just drilled a double. Oh. That, that, that was the play of the game. You know, I had a couple of people tell me after the game, had Jake not made that hit that we they think we would have lost. You know, we just needed that spark in that last inning and just to see something happen positively. Uh, and that was a big hit. And then uh, um, and then just, you know, kind of found a way to get other guys on base and uh, and uh, and push that, that, that tying run and that eventual winning run across to, to survive the, the big upset bit. Well, uh, I'm going to go over some of your players uh, that I, I, I'm, and I'm really impressed with uh, – 
Ty Shafronic for one, uh, bionic, atomic bionic Shafronic there. Uh, he was a Swiss Army knife for you. He was a DH for you. He was a catcher for you. He'd come in and close games out for you. When you needed a, a, a pitcher to come in and close things down, he was the guy, uh, and he hit well. Uh, Ty Shafronic, what are you guys' opinions of him? Andy, start with you. I think Ty is quietly, you know, one of the veteran leaders on this team, and maybe not as quietly on the team um, as I think maybe he is. I'm not sure, you know, but uh, he gets it done on the basketball court. He gets it done on the baseball field. And to come in in relief in that game uh, with what was going on and the way that night went, I think speaks volumes to what he can withstand, you know, the pressure put on him in that in that instance. So, you know, I think that uh, double from Jake was absolutely huge. But I think that the performance from from Ty to get those outs in, in that situation was was monumental. So I, I don't have enough good things to say about Ty Shafronic. Right, well. Yeah, you know, that, that's a, that's a great point. You know, that Andy makes because that that. I think it's easy to overlook that, you know, in, in hindsight that, you know, Sigrid is behind the whole game and, and, and Ty came in in a really tough spot and he kept it right where it was. And, you know, you get down three or four runs, you know, in the last inning, it's, you know, that it, it almost seems impossible to come back there. And he kept it at one that, you know, I had the privilege of coaching Ty in basketball and I loved coaching him. He just, you know, one of those kids who will do anything for the team and, 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 and that showed, you know, the diff- a bunch of different positions that he had to play. And, uh, and, you know, they were asking, we were asking as a, as a school a lot out of tie in the spring. He was one of our best soccer players. Uh, and, and, you know, the overlap between soccer and baseball now has gotten to the point where, like, they're still playing regular season soccer games and they're, you know, practicing for baseball. And then soccer tournament rolls around and they're starting to play regular season games. And, you know, Ty had a lot on his plate. You know, I talked to him at, up at Brothers, you know, where he works one of, you know, our, our I'll give, you know, Rick and crew a, a plug they do sponsor our Thunder Country stuff so much. He works up there, and I saw him on the week. I said, "Man, I said, I said, how do you have time to do everything? You're working, you're still going to school, you're playing soccer, you're playing baseball." He's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of worn out right now." So I think getting soccer over with and letting him focus all the way on baseball, he's really, uh, really had a really good close here to the season with with a little bit less on his plate. Well, I'm just tired listening to how much stuff he's doing. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding, right? Well, what about this? Now, eighth graders. Uh, uh, in in the sickle, you got eighth graders on almost every team getting at least some playing time, where in a normal situation, 95% of uh, eighth graders are two, three years away from playing a little varsity ball. But you had a kid, uh, Chase Lou Pinella Clarahan. Uh, as he comes up to the play, the whole crowd yells, Lou! Uh uh, pretty pretty good eighth grader. What do you, what do you, uh, Andy? What do you think of Chase? Yeah, I I've known Lou since he was in preschool. Him and my boy Brennan were uh, were best buddies all through grade school and have played a lot of sports together. And and Lou's one of those kids that is you know the third boy syndrome where he's had Colton and Peyton both beating on him the whole way through, and you can tell it in his toughness, whether it's on the football field or whether it's on the baseball field. And let's not let's not make any mistake about it. Baseball is that kid's game. Um, you know he throws as hard as as a lot of the upperclassmen, or if not harder, and uh, can step in and play. And and what that kid 
doesn't lack his confidence. You know, he has confidence from top to bottom, and he is boy through and through. So um, I know him well, and 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 uh, Sigourney picked up three or the two phenomenal baseball players with both Caden and Lou, and stepping into that game and playing the way that he did, and and pitching. Yeah, heck, he's right at home. You know, at the varsity level, coming straight out of uh, well, junior high. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Coach Isaac. Yeah, I mean, you know, the just, you know, talk about all the eighth graders in general. You know, we have uh, a handful of them. And, you know, with the circumstances with, you know, Cole's injury and then Isaac's injury on Saturday, they got thrust into a pretty – a bigger role than they probably were expecting. Ike Molnex is another one um, that – actually, he started as the designated hitter um, on Saturday. And then Lincoln came in originally for Cole at short – uh, and then once Isaac was hurt, uh, Lincoln shifted to center field, and Lou came in uh, and played short. But yeah, Lou Lou threw against uh, Lou threw against the night we beat Don Bosco. I, I'm about 99 percent sure he threw against a lot of the non-conference tough teams that we played, and, and had no fear. And you know, and, and to have three eighth graders in there in a tournament game where you're supposed to win, that's a lot of pressure. And I thought that all three of them handled, them, handled themselves really nicely in that game. And, uh, um, you know, with Isaac back, it, I'm not sure exactly, you know, Caden will be on the mound tomorrow night, which means Ty will be behind the plate. So, um, you know, it'll it, probably behind the plate. Um, and then so it'll be interesting to see how what Coach Cropper decides to do, how he wants to – who he wants in there in the outfield um, defensively. Um, uh, and, and well, I guess he'll have Reed out there and left. So, um, so yeah, it'll be uh, a little bit different. Um, you know, probably Lou at short would be my guess, but it could be Lincoln. So, uh, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. But there'll definitely be uh, a couple eighth graders that'll that'll be in the mix again tomorrow night, and, and and hopefully they can step up. We had a pretty good third baseman, and uh, uh, in the games that I saw him play, he just fielded everything that came his way. I like to call him Jake Billy Idol more, 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 uh, including that big hit he had the other night to to, to get that win going for you. Uh, so just like uh, uh, how how important has Jake Moore been to the? Uh, yeah, you know he. Um, uh, I really thought that he he was uh, left field last year. Um, you know, really the last two years uh, he played in the outfield and. Uh, and, you know, with a lot of the changes made, he shifted third. And I think he's been really good over there defensively. You know, we already talked about his huge hit that he had. Um, I thought he gained a lot of confidence during football season. I thought he really um, came on strong um, in the back half of football. Um, and and then he carried it right over into uh, wrestling season, had a really good wrestling season, had a lot of success. And then, you know, you just kind of see, you know, I think I'm a firm believer in, you know, in, in especially in these small schools, you know, like us in Kyoto and really everybody we've talked about um, where, you know, success in one sport leads to success in another just because you're confident and you know you can do it. And, and I really think that's been huge. I, I've noticed huge improvement this year from last year with Jake, just, um, you know, what he's been able to do. And I think some of it is he's worked and he's gotten better skill-wise. I think a lot of it is just he believes that he's, you know, able to contribute um, at the varsity level uh, in baseball. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to, in the interest of moving this thing along, we're, I'm just going to uh, move on to the next game. Andy, uh, here's a guy that uh, played for Kyoto last year. Uh, Caden, they call him the Bug, Clarahan. Uh, I don't know why they call him Bug, but that seems to be his nickname. Uh, but uh, he's a great catcher, uh, great hitter, 
a great pitcher, but about halfway through the season, or at least the last time I saw him, I seen a lot more zip on his ball. I don't know what he's done different, uh, uh, but he seems to be, uh, I think they clocked him around 88 miles an hour. Uh, uh, Andy, what do you think about Caden Clarahan? Yeah, again, you know, phenomenal baseball player. Um, sad to see him leave Kyoto from a baseball standpoint. Obviously, you know, lost our number one catcher and, and a great pitcher, too. And it's funny because I remember two or three years ago, you know, I was following him or my, my son, my oldest son, Aiden, was playing on a travel ball team with him. And I remember talking to his dad about uh, pitchers, and he told me that Caden wasn't a pitcher at that time. And, boy, he has brought him around, and he is pitcher now through and through, you know, being the ace for the, the Savages without a doubt. Um, but, you know, his bat's as dangerous as his arm is. I've seen him hit home runs at critical times. And, again, you know, when you get a clear hand, you know you're not going to lack any confidence, and that's the way he plays the game too. And it's because they put the work in. You know, they work on it in the off season. They work on it and spring ball, fall ball. They work on it through the year. And, and that's what it takes. You know, if you're going to play at that level, you have to put the time in. And, you know, you can only be happy for a kid that works on his craft as much as he does and as much as Colton does and Chase do. Um, to be to be a fan of that, it's, it's an admirable thing to play that much baseball. And, and when they have success, you need to applaud it. So I have nothing but positive things to say about Caden. Uh, and I hope he's able to pitch well uh, tomorrow night. I have no reason to think that he wouldn't and can lead the, the uh, Savages to a victory. Well, uh, two players uh, on the Cuda Eagles benefited a lot from him moving over there, and that would be two-hit Tanner Waterhouse, who probably wouldn't have got the pitch uh, had it been for that, and uh, Aiden McGuire uh, was able to step in and get a season of uh, behind the backstop, and he did a great job. But, uh, Coach Islick, uh I was uh, agreeing uh, that he was a bit – I thought he was projected more as a hitter than a pitcher, uh, but then uh, uh, I'm thinking – uh, maybe he's more even on that than he was. Uh, uh, anybody throw the ball 88 miles an hour as a sophomore is uh, uh, got a potential to really get a, uh, become a great pitcher uh, at the next level. Well, you got any short thoughts on Caden Clarahan? Yeah, just you know, I, I think one thing about Caden is you know he, he was still you know I, I had him in basketball. He's still trying to get healthy all winter from his injury in football. You know, he was hurt that you know. Speaking of weird yeah, games, really the right, Fredericksburg game uh, in football, you know, I know Andy can attest to that. That was another weird night, you know, with the, we had that long injury break, and then Caden got hurt and had another one, and 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 I don't I don't think he was fully healthy until you know here in summer, and I think that he's gotten just gotten back to his strength, back to where it was, and that leg and trust in it, and uh, um, and that's you know, I think that's some some of it has a little bit to do with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, you know, we, you know, if, if you listen and watch our Thunder Country broadcast, you know, we have Tim up there for the Clarion, Clarion Trucking Halftime Show during football every year. And they're always saying, yeah, we're off to here to play tomorrow. We're going to go to Cedar Rapids. We're playing baseball weekend. I mean, you know, Andy's 100% right. He puts the time in and, 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 and that's kind of, you know, what you see, you know, in, in every sport, how much time are you putting into it, you know, and, you know, we've seen that in, you know, those, you know, those Kyoto boys, you know, I know they're playing a ton of basketball this summer. Uh, that's why they were, you know, one of the top basketball teams in the state this year. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to find out how Limbo Sully's got the time to do everything because they're, they're winning, you know, they're, they're at the business end of every uh, um, sport. But yeah, Caden uh, uh, definitely puts his, his free time uh, into baseball and, and it's really shown and uh, he's been, 
you know, a huge addition to us. I think that, you know, he, he, he altered those sickle standings a lot by coming over here. And, uh, um, and that, uh, that's been a huge addition for us. There's really no, no way around that. Well, I can see I'm just going to limit you guys to one, one player at a time because uh, you're giving me six-minute answers apiece. And, uh, uh, so uh, uh, let's go back to Andy. Max Phillips, uh, he, he was a, a, a great player for the, the uh, team. He's a big, strong kid. He's a great hitter. He does a great job in the outfield. What are your impressions of Max Phillips, Andy? Yeah, I think he used the term Swiss Army knife before, and I kind of put Max in that realm too. A kid that has played a ton of baseball. He's a senior this year. He knows Coach Crawford's system. He knows what it takes. You know, I liken him a lot to uh, Ty Shafronik. And just knowing what it takes, you know, uh, to get the baseball game won, and that's what he does. You know, he comes in and and pitches when he needs to and gets those timely hits. All right. Well, uh, Coach Islick, uh, Reed Mullinex, uh, Andy and I saw him hit a home run, but he seemed to be a great pitcher. uh, he did a lot for this uh, uh, team, and he's going to have to be key for you as you move forward in the playoffs, isn't he? Yeah, I think, you know, Reed's ability to pitch um, and to be, you know, reliable from that standpoint has been probably one of the bigger things that allowed us to have so much success this year in baseball just because, you know, with what we lost pitching-wise last year, that was kind of the one question mark I had coming into the season, and, and Reed's filled that really well. And, you know, uh, the Molnexes have really – done a nice job uh you know Cade was a multiple time all-state kid uh you know Ike will be I think uh, I don't know about in baseball but maybe in some other sports hopefully uh he'll he'll have a lot of success and in Reed's right there with them you know just a, a very athletic group uh of of kids and uh, uh that work hard as well and uh and he had a really nice uh, junior year well I'm going to stay with you and talk a little bit about Isaac Bruns because uh I was told he had a home run in his last game uh uh what do, you, what do you know about Isaac? Tons of fun bruns. Yeah, you know, I, he, he's had a great sophomore season. You know, he, I thought he really came on in football, had a good start. He was our best player in basketball, let us in every statistical category uh, this year. Uh, and, and, and then in baseball, I've been really impressed with him in center field. Um, really good defensively. Um, and then when he makes contact, you know, we talked a little about Evan Vitito, you know, big, strong kid. You know, Isaac's not as strong as Evan is, but – when he makes contact on the baseball field, he can go a long way. I mean, he has a little swing and miss in his game too, but when he gets it going and, and he makes contact, uh, you know, he's got as much power as anyone on our team does. So, um, you know, he's a dangerous at bat, and, and hopefully he can run into one tomorrow night. Well, Andy, talk to me about Solon Yates. Uh, I saw him very presently uh, in basketball uh, 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 come in uh, late in the game and score 14 points. He's a, a freshman. Uh, he played played some first base, did a good job for you. Uh, what do you think of Solon Yates there, Andy? Yeah, a very solid athlete. I think we're still waiting to see him break through. I think we got flashes of it on the uh, on the basketball court. He's a great basketball player. Um, I think uh, he's even better on the golf course. You know, I know yeah, he's um, number two in the conference in golf too. Yeah, big play. Clay Morris was kind of the the number one golfer as a senior, and and Solon Yates as a freshman is not very far behind him on that realm. So when you can play baseball, you can play um, golf. You know, he plays football, he plays basketball. I mean, he is just an athlete through and through. Um, you know, and really great on first base. You know, that long, lean frame. You know, he isn't going to miss too many balls with you know arm length and the way he can stretch out and get that ball. 
So I think, you know, Solon just continues to develop and maybe hit the weight room and, and uh, go and pick up a couple of Big Macs, you know, at midnight and sleep on that. He's going to be just fine moving forward. But, uh, yeah, another great athlete for Sigourney Savages. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about Cole McKay, but let's move uh, up to Brady Clark, who is a uh, – I think he's an eighth grader or a freshman. Uh, uh, Coach Is like, what, what grade is that, Brady Clark? What grade? Yeah. Uh, he is a junior. He's a junior. Okay. Well, I thought uh, – uh, uh, <laughs> Not particularly a, a tall kid, but uh, I thought he was a big, big player, a big key player for the uh, Sigourney Savages this year. Yeah, you know, I had, I had the coach tell me toughest kid pound for pound on our team. You know, he's a he he's a wrestler through and through. You know, watching him in um, during track season, him and Jake Moore were like on the track wrestling each other shirtless. Like I'm like, guys, what are, what are we even doing over here? And they're just loving it. I mean, they are just like whooping it up and like it's like the best thing ever and this tough kid and and i think he's really done a nice job at second base i've uh, been really solid defensively and puts the bat on the ball and you know like you say he's not the biggest kid but um he does a good job of making contact and gets on base and makes things happen at the bottom of the order well it's been an hour since we started this uh either one of you got anything else to say before we wrap this up Um, I might jump in and just say uh, happy birthday, America. We were at uh, Hillcrest on Saturday night, and I am not sure what the reasoning behind it is, and I mean no disrespect to Hillcrest, but they did not play the national anthem that night, and I was missing it. And uh, something tells me we might not hear it tomorrow, so I just want to give a shout-out to all the vets and uh, all of our first responders and everyone that serves this great country. So. Um, I, I don't have anything to add. I think we've covered the baseball side of things, but I do want to, you know, take a minute and acknowledge uh, 4th of July. Well, uh, I want to say as a veteran, and I mean this to uh, both Andy McGuire and Coach Islick over there, uh, I want to thank you for being guys that were worth defending. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I wouldn't have uh, put in so much time in that freezing cold out there uh standing off the Russians if you guys weren't worth doing it for. So I appreciate both of you. And thanks for being with us. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I, You know, Andy, I, I got a feeling you're not going to hear the National Anthem again tomorrow night over at Hillcrest, and I don't know why, I don't know why that is. They never do. Uh, but uh, they, uh, we, we definitely have a lot to be thankful for here in, in, in our communities. And, uh, um, you know, I think that just the, you know, we, we do, um, you know, we were over uh, in Kyoto uh, for the fun days they had in June, and then Sigourney does the fourth up big, and just, you know, the communities that, you know, rally around and support their, you know, their, their you know, support their communities and support each other, and it's just a lot of fun, and uh, um, we, you know, I think that the fun thing about the South Iowa Cedar League is, you know, we're, we're rooting hard for all these teams. You know, we would, you know, how much fun would it be to have a Sigourney and Kyoto district final here on Saturday night? And that's, you know, it's very possible. And uh, uh, both teams are going to have to play really well uh, tomorrow night. But, man, that'd be a ton of fun. And can you imagine the crowd that would be? I don't know where the neutral site would be. Uh, Harper got a field, Andy, that we could that we could rent for the night, or uh, but uh, talk about the crowd for that one. It would be it would be electric, uh, and we can we can only cross our fingers and hope that that that'll happen. Well, it was been fun talking to you guys, but we're clear out of time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Bye.